Welcome to Man Fully Alive Podcast. My name is Mike with a mic, and next to me is Deacon Nick. If this is your very first time tuning into Man Fully Alive Podcast, well, first and foremost, welcome and God bless you for tuning your speakers in to our humble little podcast. The purpose of this podcast and the reason it's called Man Fully Alive is because we seek to ignite that fire that exists within men's hearts and the only way, it's, a, it's all based off of a quote from St. Irenaeus that says, the glory of God is man fully alive. Well, how does a man become fully alive? And how do we experience the glory of God? Well, the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus. And in order to become fully alive, we have to unite ourselves with the ultimate source of life, which is Jesus. And Word. how do you get to know your friends, Deacon Nick? Oh, well... I have to spend time with them. Yeah. And I have to know something about them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only way I've gotten to know you is by spending time with you, talking with you, conversing with you, listening to you. And uh, that interaction has allowed us to get to know each other better. And so that is also true with the Lord. So our podcast, Manfully Alive, we dive into the Gospels. And we take away those masculine implications, those masculine calls that, Christ puts in his written word, and we grow and we become manfully alive by uniting ourselves with the ultimate source of life. Awesome. So uh, so let's get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, you want to pray it up for us? Yeah, that'd be great, man. Thank you. Uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings of this day, the blessings that have, have rained down on us uh, here in the 11th Sunday of Ordinary Time, and we just ask your your Holy Spirit to be with us and to really allow us a deeper understanding and a deeper wisdom uh, through our interactions of, of, of being with you as we listen to the Gospels and as we reflect on them. And also, that wisdom that comes from applying these lessons to our lives. But help us to be not hardened hearts, help us to be open and receptive to your words and to your wisdom that we hear through the gospel today. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, so last week's challenge was, where does the devil have a foothold in your life? And the challenge was to offer it to God. So, I'm happy to say you're going to go first on this one. <laughs> I want to go first. <laughs> Where does the devil have a foothold in your sure. life, oh, Nicholas? Well, let's explore that. Actually, uh, I was kind of excited to share this week because I, I do have a pretty good experience of our challenge this week. Well, I, then share. Thanks, thanks. I, uh, I noticed almost immediately that one of the ways in which uh, the devil, the evil one, has a foothold in my life is that um, I tend to listen too much to his accusatory voice. Um. I allow him to berate me and to make me feel bad for my for my shortcomings and my weaknesses, and I and I listen to that far too much. Um, Can you give me an example? Sure. I think there's at least two major areas. One is, um, well, because I'm a deacon, I do pray every day, and yet uh, there's always further advances I'd like to make in my prayer life. I okay. would like to you know, spend more time in prayer or even change up the way in which I pray or have more depth or whatever it is. Okay. And instead of just saying, oh, I desire that and have that as a goal and work towards it, instead I will hear the voice say, 
gosh, you're a deacon. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you praying more? And it's more of an accusatory voice that I hear from the evil one. Um, and I make the mistake of sometimes listening to it and then feeling bad about my prayer life, even though I have a prayer life. And yeah. so, so well, and I it, that. it's, it's, it, I think that's the nature of the devil, right? He's yes. going to berate you at every opportunity he has. Yes. And if you're paying attention to him, right? If you're listening to him and you're believing it, it wears on every other facet of your life because everything that he seeks to do is, is a, is a destruction, right? Right. And the, and the, the difficult part about that is the more you listen to that voice, the more you feel guilt and shame rather than a desire for greatness. Yeah. And, and to desire greatness is great. You know, it's wonderful. It helps, you know, bring our relationship with God even closer. Um, but guilt and shame isolates us from God and, and makes us feel as though we're unworthy. And then we're, we're liable to despair. Yeah. Um, and I get the exact same kind of temptation in terms of my health. You know, I take care of my health, but I could always do more. And okay. so sometimes I feel the exact same temptation. Well, gosh, why don't you do better? Why don't you do better? And uh, I, have to, I have to remind myself, you know, you are trying, continue to try better, but don't feel guilt and shame over it. Well, now I feel guilt and shame. Oh, why? I see what you did there. <laughs> so uh, the last, like, month, I guess you could say, uh, I've been giving... Deacon Nick a little bit of trouble because Sarah and I are doing this little family experiment of reducing all sugar intake in our in our household. And I've seen some marked health improvements by removing all sugar. It sounds awful, and frankly, it's not. Uh, I've found new snacks. I found, you know, some old snacks that I've been denying myself, like straight, regular potato chips. That don't have any sugar on them. They just have regular salt, regular oil, and regular potatoes, right? Yeah. And they are delicious. But this this whole thing has allowed me to actually. I've lost, you know, I'm getting closer to ten pounds every day, and it's it's uh, losing ten pounds. I've lost almost ten oh, pounds, nice. and uh, the the button on my favorite shirt used to be tight around my tummy. Mm -hmm. And now it's tied around my chest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Anywho, um, but I've been, for our listeners out there, uh, <laughs> I've been giving you a little bit of trouble on that, especially with regard to your health, because I've been reading this other unrelated blog that says a lady with cystic fibrosis has had market improvements on her health by going completely sugar-free. Exactly. Yeah. So now I feel a, a small no, sense no. of guilt that it's I'm giving right. you trouble. You're not the accuser the way I, I I'm not the accuser, but, you know, most of my desires are based out of selfish things of I want you around as long as I can have you, bud. So I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I think that this challenge was uniquely difficult because you have to focus on something that you stink at right right yeah. and nobody likes to be bad at anything <laughs> uh my my where, where where does the devil have a foothold in my life i am a i'm a, a piss poor listener hmm. i am a piss poor listener and uh what'd you say oh i'm just playing Piss <laughs> poor, poor listener. listener. Gotcha. Okay. And that's hard to hear the voice of God if you never stop talking. Mm. And that's hard to 
to do if you are a verbal processor the way I am, which is good for a podcast because people can follow the train of thought that you're on, but it sure is bad when you're supposed to sit in silence in the moments of adoration and uh, off of the previous week's uh, challenge, which was uh, letting the, the body and blood of Christ transform you, you got to dwell in silence with the Lord sometimes in order for him to break through that thick skull. And so yeah. I appreciate you sharing that, you know, hearing the voice of the devil saying, you're bad at this, you're bad at this, you're bad at this. Why won't you, when are you going to shut up, man, and just listen? And and hearing that not come from a good place, right? Hearing mm-hmm. that and actually paying attention to it and saying, you know, maybe Christ is calling me to listen more, but feeling bad about the fact that I am a vocally capable person and I'm, I'm, I'm an outgoing, I'm an extrovert with extroverted tendencies. Sometimes you have to silence yourself because God comes in that quiet, right? Yeah. So where the devil has a foothold in my life, it's really in a sense of pride of believing that I have something more valuable to add to the conversation than what I really do, Oh. Mm. which was hard, which was hard to hear. Especially because I'm in a business where you have to talk a lot. You know, sure. I'm in, I'm in that, I'm in that uh, financial advising world where everybody should have an opinion. It should be well formed and well thought out and well defended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, isn't it great though that he uses our strengths where they're needed, and yet continues to call us to humility in those areas in which we we don't need those strengths. Yeah. <laughs> so the gospel uh, for this week was a gospel. Uh, as a part of Mark, and it's chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Yeah. Jesus said to the crowds, actually, do you, do you want to read this? Or do yeah. you want me to read it? Yeah, sure, I'll read it. Sure. Okay. All right. Go for it. Uh, a reading. A re- yeah. Sure, a reading from the Gospel <laughs> of Mark. Very good. Uh, Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is in the kingdom of God. It is, it, it is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land, and would sleep and rise night and day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields his sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, that when it is sown in the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, did he Without parables, he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Man, you know, that's one of those very not rare moments where you're like, man, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. When he was (laughs) explaining everything in private to his disciples. Ah, geez. Yeah, and here his explanations of all the parables. Yeah, yeah, he's like, actually, this is what I meant, um, <laughs> right? And yet, <clears throat> in his brilliance, he teaches in parables because 
it allows the imagination to come up with so many options of the lesson. Oh, what is Jesus trying to teach me? And it allows us at different ages and different times within our life to come up with new answers, yeah. which is part of the reason why not only is it brilliant to teach in parables, but it's also the reason why we can continue to come to Scripture over and over again. And, and find new meaning. New meaning, yeah. new depth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, I'm going to do a rare thing today. Uh, one of the things that really struck me, I was reading all of the readings, not just the gospel for this week, and uh, I could not help. I was so drawn to a particular line within the second reading, which I know we didn't just read. We just read the gospel. But I wanted to bring to light uh, the line, the famous line that uh, St. Paul said. He says, uh, we walk by faith, but not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. You know, there's no question that this is one of the most difficult concepts or realities or challenges for any Catholic Christian. Um, not only to accept, but to grasp, to live, to do. Um, and in fact, to live, that the word to walk can also be translated as the word to live. So we live by faith and not by sight. And I just wanted to point out for our audience one thing, because I think it's so important. Uh, basically... Who we are and how we live is more important than the things that we own or what we appear to be, right? Like, sometimes we're so concerned about what we look like to other people or do, do I have a big enough house or do I, yeah. do I have enough things, whatever yeah. it is. But all of that is passing. All of that dies away when we die. But who we are and the way we live and the actions we choose to do each and every day to pursue God and allow God to pursue us is infinitely more important. Yeah, and, and those are the convicting actions of a Christian, right? Yes. If it's illegal to be a Christian, which in today it could be legally more difficult for you if you are a Christian and living by Christian morals, values, and teachings. Sure, but it's still legal. Yeah, it's, it, it is still legal, but it can make your life a lot more difficult. And those sure. convicting actions are the ones that mean the most to the Lord because it means you've taken his words and you've applied them to your life. Yes. Yes. Which is, which is infinitely just to use your words, more valuable, mm -hmm. not only to the people around you who are now having a better example of the quality of human that you are, but it's infinitely more valuable to your relationship with the only relationship you should be concerned with, which is your relationship with the Lord. Right. Right. It is, it is both a witness to others and a strengthening of your relationship with God. Yeah, so it's a, it's a love letter to, the, to, to, to Jesus. So walking by faith, you know, we may not know what's in our future. We may not know the difficulties or the blessings to come. But trusting in God shows forth our true theological hope. Yeah. So, well, it, it's, it's a nuance there, but I just want to touch on it. We walk by faith or we live by faith if it's the other translated Right. Version of what you can go to from that word. Both of these are action words. Mm -hmm. So there's a nuance to this that says a Christian is not a state of being that is inactive or internal, right? State of being can be purely internal and have no external reactions or consequences. But the phrase walk, we walk by faith. That is an action that requires a physical movement. Right. 
Yeah. That means that our faith cannot be purely this internal condition. It has to have external consequences in our life for how we interact, for how we belong to the groups that we belong to, for the, the people that we're associating with, not only in a loving context, but in the ones that are difficult to yes. be around, that there have to be external reactions to this internal condition of being a Christian and a believer that follows the Lord. Right. One really does lead to the other. If we are filled with faith and we love God, we are going to express it and we need to. Yeah. yeah. More importantly to the, uh, not, excuse me, not more importantly, but uh, to further on getting into this gospel. Yes. Uh, we can go to the gospel. There are some sowers actions in here that I, I just want to bring up and I want to get your comment on this, but sure. I love action words because actions in scripture and in parables usually have implications of actions within our own lives. Yes. Right. When you're talking, when, when Jesus is teaching in these parables of uh, examples of what we should follow and giving them physical actions in their life, there are physical ramifications within our own, especially masculine implications. If we are to become these men fully alive. Yes. Uh, good. A sower's actions of scattering uh, in the second in the second and first part of this uh, gospel where he says, this is how it is with the kingdom of God, as if a man were to scatter seed on the land, would sleep and rise on the next day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how, but of its own accord, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain, and when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle, for harvest has come. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm reading through this and I'm realizing that on the part of the believer, there are many actions that have to be taken. First, when the word of God has reached us, especially within the sowing of this, he knows not how this is going to yield the fruit. Right, right. Yeah, the, the sower does a lot of things. He scatters, he sleeps, he rises, and when it's time, he brings out his sickle. Um, and there's lots that can be said about that. In particular, I would say that the fact that it mentions that he sleeps, I, I think one of the implications for us that we can take away is his action of sleeping is representative of our need to be docile and to listen, right, to Jesus, which oh, was now, what you were already talking about. Now it sounds sorry. like you're kind of pointing yeah, on. <laughs> sorry. I'm just saying. That's what it's, that's what it's talking know, about here. I don't pray for humility because I get you know, so many opportunities. So many opportunities. Um, as it is. <laughs> So he does all these things. He sleeps, he rises. He so be docile, Michael. That's what I'm hearing. So be, be docile. docile. Sorry. All right. Uh, but he knows not how the grain forms, right? He doesn't know how it transforms within within uh, the plant. Um, and, and, you know, in our times, we're real sophisticated. We, we can understand sort of the process of growth and everything else. But we can still stand in awe at the wonder of it all, the growth, the, the, the formation of life, whether yeah. it's human life or if it's plant life. I mean... It's still the act of God. Yeah. And so I think... I mean, I didn't do it. Right. I mean, yeah. And you didn't do it. Right. We right. didn't make the wheat. Yeah. You know, an interesting tidbit, you know, there, there used to be so many more farmers and we were so much more dependent upon actual rain and sunshine because irrigation, even though it developed a long time ago, it wasn't yeah. as advanced, right? You know, and uh, so the interesting tidbit is this, that at the, at the dawning of the grocery store, was simultaneous with the largest growth of atheism in the world. Because as food became so abundantly available, 
and you and people no longer were so closely associated with its production from the land mm -hmm. their belief in god waned because yeah. they didn't see the way in which god was integral and intimately involved in the production of our food well and i think that's that's the nature of things when when life becomes more easy yeah you tend to rely less on the lord because you're not at the table hungry yes waiting nor are you having to have any moments of scarcity a lack of resource right right so all these advances even even within, like you said, modern grocery stores, within technology. I don't even have to go to a class the way I used to, have to seek out a professional that would understand said topic. I can Google it. That's true. I mean, <laughs> if I need to know an answer that I could not find in, in previous times, right, even 30 years ago, I couldn't dial up the answer to a question that was like, well, I want to know how many miles around the moon I would have to walk to make a full wrap, you know, yeah. full lap. So it's, we have this wealth of information, but the more that we have this wealth of information, this wealth of resource, the less we concern ourselves with the source because the resources are so plentiful. The That's source right. is getting less of the credit for those resources as the benefactor. I heard it said this way one time, you know, as we grow in our informational age, we actually are lacking wisdom. I think that's really well said. I think that I think that really in so many ways clears out kind of the, the cobwebs of it all and just says it more directly are we approaching things in, in this connection to the source or are we just thanks for the resources, I have no idea where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's easy, it's easy to do, right? Yeah. I mean, you go, oh, well, I got the thing I need. Great. Moving on. And, uh, yeah, it's an easy, easy pit to, to fall in. You know, uh, one of the things about parables in general, uh, it, it, that I said sort of earlier is that you can have so many different understandings of it. They can give you different insights at different times. And, uh, at the beginning of this scripture from Mark, it says, uh, this is how it is with God's kingdom or with the kingdom of God. And so you, we might ask the question, and I'll give four possible answers. We might ask the question, how does the sower show forth uh, the kingdom of God? You know, is it is it his humble and patient attitude and willingness to wait on the yield, though he doesn't know how it grows? Is it in the idea that the kingdom grows with little work on our part, though we must participate if we are to receive the harvest? Or is it that the growth uh, of the yield is similar to the growth of faith with, within us, you know, over time, if only we cooperate with the promptings of the Holy Spirit? We could look at all three of those, and you might have to backtrack this to re-listen to them, but we could look at all three of those and say, well, yeah, or yeah, maybe that one. Or, you know, they're true because it's a parable and it doesn't have to be perfectly explained in, in just one way. It can be uh, amenable to our life and our age and our experiences and where God is speaking to us in that moment. Yeah. That, that's, that's probably the point. Parables aren't meant uh, or are meant to tease out thought from us who are hearing it or reading it. And it, It's open-ended and it challenges us to, to receive the word of God more deeply in our lives. So. Well, what if... What if this is me pulling from my own brain, but what if parables are the seeds 
and at each different stage in our life, they bear different fruit. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, there are different they're, they're, parts of growth or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a maturity of the growth, right? Mm -hmm. a, a, a master gardener will build a much superior fruit uh, than someone who's just starting out on their faith journey. And so the aha moment is personal and relevant to that person where they are, right? Christ being that gentleman allowing people to grow at the place that they need it most. Absolutely. And and to that point, I think I think it's it's important this like peace, right? Where I was I was saying I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. And we have the opportunity to be that fly on the wall as a part of the church. Yes, we do. The the church is guiding and informative the same way Christ was. Why? Because you know, Christ is still leading his church. Yeah, infinitely. Yeah. And so in the same way that uh, Jesus explained the parables to his disciples, the disciples of his disciples, the popes and the bishops and the priests, um, and even, you know, well-educated laity within the church, help us to unpack God's word. Help yeah. us to understand it better. Uh, but it is still the church that is, that is um, best suited for passing on the faith because nobody, nobody takes the faith for themselves. Everybody receives faith, primarily from God, but yeah. also the reception of our faith comes in and through the sacraments and the teaching of the church. And which so, is, which is, you know, contrary to the uh, the the, the pride-based worldview of men, right? I'm a self-made man. Right. Well, no, you're not. If <laughs> if if you are a truly real man that is relatable and you are a collection of experiences from others, yes. right? The wisdom that you have, you've collected along the way and then applied to your life. Right. And such is the, the holy man of today, right? The man fully alive is one that has collected wisdom throughout the years, united themselves more fully with God by surrounding himself with holy friendship and spilling that well outwards after that well has been filled with good things yeah right yeah it the, the, you know that reminds me of two maxims two truisms you know one is that a, a man is not an island to himself he, he has to be connected to others within society in order to grow and and the other is that um no one is greater than their master unless they have multiple masters yeah right and so uh it's it's worthy it's 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 a worthy pursuit of ours to go and seek out wise people within the church to learn from so that we get a wider scope of who Jesus is and what he's calling us to in our life. Man, that just touches on something that a friend of mine who had to distance himself voluntarily from a friend who was dragging him down. Just really? He was a bad influence on his life. And... It wasn't that he was a bad person, it's just that he did no good actions to support that he actually was a good person, right? Uh, it's kind of one of those people that is like fun to be around, but you're yeah. like, I'm not better for the interaction for that I have. You. <laughs> yeah, you have allowed me to settle in almost every area of my life. So uh, he always says this phrase, which is, it's, it's from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with the wise men will become wise, 
but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Yeah. I think that is what I'm going to issue as a challenge here. Because as a part of the church, we have to unite ourselves more fully with Christ. That is the uh, command of being a part of the church is to seek that union with our Lord. Yes. Uh, not only within the sacraments, but also voluntarily. Christ being the gentleman will never force himself upon us. When I like, I like to say, well, I like that. I like, yeah. I like saying he never forces, he's always a gentleman. But yeah. I also like to say, you know, when it comes to our relationship with the church, we have to take on the mind of Christ. Yeah. And we take on the mind of Christ by essentially taking on the mind of the church. To that end, the mind of the church is one that seeks growth, right? Our friendship, Nicholas, you can you can validate this, was voluntary on both of our parts. Right. Yeah. Right? This was your free will seeing the free will in me and both of us voluntarily enjoying each other's company. Yeah. And bringing about good things in one another. Yeah, precisely. Right? To that end, the companion of, you know, he who walks with wise men will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I'm going to ask the challenge this week to evaluate the friendships and the people that you spend the greatest amount of time with. Mm, yeah. And evaluate if the people that you're associating with in everyday life voluntarily are wise. If they are wise, continue that and, and honestly enhance your relationship with that person by thanking them for their wisdom and commending them on how much you grow from them. But yeah. then, a dual mandate here, this is, a, this is a difficult one. I'm asking for a single friend purge. I want you to end a relationship that is detrimental to your soul. Because we are pursuing heaven. And those who are not pursuing heaven are not united in the purpose and the focus of what our life's goal is. To become these men fully alive, we cannot associate ourselves with those who have voluntarily chosen a path of death. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if, 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 we're, if we're speaking those moments of life, right, and it's falling on deaf ears, voluntary deaf ears saying that is, a, that is, that is not the way I want to live my life, right? Yeah. You're, you're an idiot for for choosing to follow Christ. And this can come in a manner of, in, in, in all sorts. You were, you were about to say something, I think. Well, I was just going to say, I think, I, I would want to emphasize that this doesn't in any way mean that we are condemning them. We're just recognizing the fact that they're not helpful to us. And so what do we do? We may, we may end the frequency with which we fraternize with them mm -hmm. and have, have a friendship with them, but we will continue to pray for them. Mm -hmm. We will continue to hope for the best for them. Um, and I might even extend it to, if you're not sure that you have a relationship like that, I guarantee you, you have a relationship with a thing like that. Whether it be the importance you put on your car or your clothes, your appearance, your, your phone, smartphone, your yeah. smartphone, oh, man. whatever it is. Like if you have a relationship with a thing in your life that takes you away from Christ, sever that relationship. Yeah. If it's, if it's rooted in pride, if it's rooted in lust, if it's rooted in greed if it's rooted in uh, even laziness it may, maybe it's a recliner right sure that once you get in that recliner you're a bump on a log yeah. for the whole of your family but evaluate the relationships the things that you spend the most time with and the people that you spend the most time with 
and celebrate the ones that bring you closer to the Lord. And I'm saying end voluntarily of your own free will, end a relationship that is deteriorating the quality of your soul and is furthering you from the Lord in heaven. Oh man, there goes Netflix. <laughs> Actually, you know, I've got that one in moderation, oh, so we're, we're okay for me on that. But oh, yeah. boy. oh, geez, there Netflix. goes Netflix. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that's a difficult challenge, and I'm, it is. This may not happen within the confines of a week, but I'm going to ask all of you men out there, especially, that this is a man-to-man challenge. That Christ. We do not know the hour at which he will come for us. So we need to make our, ourselves ready for the Lord. Yeah. And we need, we need to reap beautiful fruit on the day of reckoning from the words and the time that we spend and we say. And we, if, if, if who we are matters, we have to put stock in whether the things that we voluntarily surround ourselves with are bringing us closer or distancing us from our Lord. Yes, indeed, indeed. And in fact, this is one of the practices that St. Ignatius encourages in the spiritual exercises. He tells us to um, take stock of the life around you, the things, the people around you, and, and all things should bring you ever closer to God. And whatever does not, you weed out. And so this is a great challenge. I'll agree, it's a difficult one, but uh, but a great one. So men, you know, uh, uh, be men. Good luck, good luck being men this week on, on this challenge. I, I'm saying that even to myself. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Shall we close in prayer? Yes, we should. You're. I think you're up for closing prayer. I did. I did. I did the oh, opening oh, prayer. Oh, okay. Comes. This I guess one's I'm all. Up. This one's all you. <laughs> all me. I appreciate that you think that I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was wishful thinking. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for this gospel message of understanding that you are the source of all that is good in our life. And yet you call us to this great participation that we make wise decisions within our lives, that we choose you, that we seek you, that we, we, we reap the harvest of of the sweat of our brow by all those things that are good in our life that we have sown. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to know how to sow good seed and how to reap wonderful fruit. Help us to evaluate our lives and to choose you in every relationship. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. For Man Fully Alive Podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I am Deacon Nick. Have a great week, guys. Take this challenge. Do it. Be bold. God bless.